there's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonabello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonabello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonabella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save.
is for your protection too.
us unlimited grace sword outreach network we thank god for you to learn the business skills you need to accelerate your career? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business is now offering its highly ranked working professional MBA entirely online. Whether you choose to attend on campus, online, or a mix of both, you're in control, balancing the demands on your busy schedule. Don't wait. Start your personalized MBA journey this fall. Visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA to learn more and apply. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created great news for a limited time you can get one month free of spectrum mobile service that's right one month free with any new line this exclusive offer is only available at select spectrum stores so stop by today our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill don't miss out on this incredible offer come see us at market at hilliard taylor square and waterloo crossing Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.
Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. 
This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. praise amen we thank god for your life on this morning so we're gonna go ahead and get started we welcome everybody thank you all for joining us this morning we welcome you and we definitely give god the glory and we thank god for your life and we thank god for you being here amen glory to the king and we just welcome you um, on behalf of unlimited grace Prayer Ministry and SWORD International Outreach Network, we want to send thanks to you and welcome you on this morning, and we're honored to have you with us, and we know that God is going to bless us. He always blesses us, amen, especially when we're in his word, so we thank God for that, amen, and we don't take it for granted on what God is doing in our lives so let's just go ahead and give God some praise. Amen. It's nothing like praising God in the midst of whatever it is that you may be facing. A lot of times we want to wait until after the storm is over. But I'm here to tell you that if you go ahead and praise him now, amen, I'm telling you, he surely will show up in your praise. It's something about the not yet. It's something about to come. It's something about just praising God for just who he is. I'm learning in this day and time, this time, this day and time that we must praise God just because he's God. Amen. We must praise him because he has done so much for us. Not only did he give up his life for us and die for us, but he has given us a second chance where we have messed up. Amen. And that's worth giving God a praise because, you know, Satan didn't get that second chance. Amen. Once he was kicked out of heaven, that was it. Amen. But God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son and he has given us second and third chances. But guess what? Don't use it as a license to continue to mess up because God is watching. God is all knowing. God is all seeing. He's omnipotent, omnipotent. Come on now. He is God. Hallelujah. So, therefore, we must continue to respect him. We must continue to reverence him. We must continue to fear him. Because when we continue to fear the Lord, I'm not saying walk in the spirit of fear. There's a difference. Because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But what I am saying is that we need to fear the Lord. Meaning that we should walk in reverence of the Lord. Meaning that we should do everything unto God. Hallelujah. So, we just give God glory. We thank God. For Apostle Joe L. Ezamore, God bless you, man of God, hallelujah, and I am Lady Apostle Robin Stokes, hallelujah, and we send greetings here all the way from U.S., amen, for those that are watching us outside of U.S., so we thank God for all the other countries that are watching us and listening in, 
and we thank God for your life, and we don't take it for granted. You have been with us these last 15 years because we started when Spreaker first started with iHeart, hallelujah, and came on board with Unlimited Grace seven years and already been with them eight years. So a total of almost 15 years been spreading the gospel, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ through satellite radio, only by the grace of God, so that many can hear his word. And we thank God for the book of Nehemiah, because the book of Nehemiah is a place where God have us in this time and season, because he is rebuilding the walls. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about just more mold and I mean mortar and mortar, excuse me, and stone and foundation and concrete. I'm talking about our walls, amen. Our walls of security, our walls of protection, our walls of faith, our walls of love, our walls of joy, because a lot of our walls have been torn down, not just because of the pandemic or the epidemic, whatever demic you want to call it, but it's just been through generational things and things that have happened. And it's like an onion. We have allowed it to ravel up like an onion. And we have not allowed that onion to unravel. But God is unraveling that onion in our lives, like it or not. Hallelujah. And it doesn't feel good, but I promise you, at the end of the day, you will be blessed. Amen. If you continue to go through the process. And the book of Nehemiah teaches us how not only to build, but go through the process. Even when you are being prosecuted. Even when opposition is on every side. How do I continue to go on? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word on this morning. As you decrease me, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Let this word fall on good ground. Open up the people's hearts to hear this word. So that change will come, reformation, transformation, the renewing of the mind, so that they can be transformed into their positioning to where you have called them and walk into their purpose and destiny on where you're sending them. And God, we thank you for this right now word in Jesus' name. Amen. And again, like I said, in the book of Nehemiah, we've been through chapters 1 and 5. And I know we started this in the beginning of the year, but see, the way God is doing things, he's breaking it down, line upon line, hallelujah, so that we can get an understanding, because at the end of the day, we're going to build our character first, hallelujah. We're going to understand what qualities of our characters need to resemble and how we need to look more like Christ, amen, just like Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man of integrity. Nehemiah was a man of honor. He was a man of character. He understood what responsibility meant. He understood what um, humility was. Amen. He knew how to fight justice without using his own resources with his mouth or with his words. Come on now, y'all. You know, a lot of times we can try to go for vengeance on our own, but the Lord says vengeance is mine. Hallelujah. So that means that we must allow God to fight for us. And Nehemiah did just that because he had to stay available for the people. Amen. Availability in the book of Nehemiah was so important because the people needed Nehemiah to be the leader that 
they needed all these years from all of this struggle that they went through from the walls and the and, and, and the gates being torn down and them being taxed and their houses being stolen from them and usury is going on and children is put into slavery just for them to regain their property and how the leaders those wicked leaders begin to take advantage and not only the wicked leaders but the rich those that lived among them those that they thought that was their friend their next door neighbors hallelujah when they saw they got into a um, pandemic an epidemic and could not afford, they begin to say, you know, let us buy the land. Let us take the land. Hallelujah. And then we'll feed you, you know. Because, you know, in any particular time when you're going through a famine, you hungry. Amen. Sometimes materialistic things doesn't matter. You want to make sure that you eat. Hallelujah. So Nehemiah had to be available to stand in and be and be able to give justice. Because he said, wait a minute, no, 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 you cannot do these to this people, amen. So his character was first. He he had to be dependable, amen. He was diligent. He, he operated in discernment. He discerned the opposition that was against him. He understood that there was going to be opposition on every side. That's why he understood that when he went there, he couldn't focus on the opposition. He had to focus on the assignment. And that's what God is saying to us on this today. He wants us to focus on on the assignment amen because when you look in the book of nehemiah from the chapters that we have already studied from chapter one all the way up to chapter five it speaks of opposition opposition in the beginning even when he was praying the opposition was that the people was going through they were being fought on every side even though he was not the one that was in the opposition, but his brother, hallelujah, was a part of them, among them. And not only that, it was still of his people because he was known, hallelujah, to defend the people. His character was a, to defend people, and people looked up to him. So he cried out for people that was not even in his circle, people that wasn't even close. He can feel their infirmities. He can feel their pain because when he went into prayer, he began to feel the pain of the people. He began begin to hear the cry of the people. And even before the brother came, God had already revealed to him what they were going through. So he was very sensitive in the spirit. He was very discerning on what it was that God was showing him. So he understood and knew that there was going to be opposition from inside out. Opposition always comes inside out. It never comes outside in. There's gonna, the, the, the opposition always starts inside. You know, a lot of times we think our enemies are on, the, are on the outside, but in order to buff us, in order to polish us, in order for us to finish going through the process, sometimes our enemies is inside with us. Amen. And then, you know, it's not always a bad thing because what it does is it allows us to die more. Amen. It allows us to really focus and trust in God because you will say, well, how could my brother or my sister or those that I trusted do me like that? But at the end of the day, God knows all because a lot of times we say, oh, that's that devil. He's doing this. But a lot of times, no, God is trying to move us out of our comfort zone. So things begin to shake and happen in our life and opposition begins to come up against us because God wants us to come out of that comfort zone and go outside where he is taking us. But at the same time, opposition that comes inside out. One of the characters that you see in, the, in opposition inside out is jealousy. 
Amen. Jealousy, sometimes you see, and you see selflessness, and you see um, those that um, are uh, walk with pride and arrogance. Amen. But at the same time, opposition, it, what, it, it causes others to have an evil eye against you. You know, even though you're going to do the work of God, you're going to do the things of God, but when the spirit, when that spirit enters into their hearts, it begins to come up against you. And any time that spirit begins to come up against you and there's somebody that's close to you, it begins to bring you to feel a certain kind of way. But when we began to study in chapter 5, we understood that the opposition was from without, amen, inside out, amen, because it was the rich it was those that was the leaders of the people of Jerusalem. So it was in the inside. It was inside the families because then the families began to come up against one another. They began to argue and be angry with one another because one was taking advantage of the other or the other one did not stand up for the other. And greed and selflessness began to come into place. Amen. So opposition began to go on every side. And remember, they had already said to Nehemiah, like, okay, let us arise and build. Remember when Nehemiah said, you know what? My God sent me. And not only did my God send me, but the the king also summoned me to come. So if you want to follow my God and know that it's my God that sent me, know that not only will he fight for us, but he will allow us to build what he sent us to build. So they said, let us arise and build and strengthen our hands together, meaning come into unity, come together as one, as a family unit, and begin to work together. And Nehemiah began to warn them and say, now, as you begin to work together, understand this, there's going to be some opportunity position inside out. We know that there is a Tobiah. We know there is a symbolic and we know there's a Gisha. But at the same time there are those that are close to you as well. So you have to be careful and don't allow, hallelujah, your your, your emotions and your feelings, hallelujah, to overtake you because people are going to rub you the wrong way. They're going to say things that you may not like. But at the end of the day, you cannot allow that to come on frustrate you. You cannot allow that to detour you. Because a lot of times when these things begin to happen in our lives, what happens is we begin to get not only frustrated, but we begin to lose our space. We begin to lose our place. We begin to move out of position. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants to remove us out of the position that God is putting us in. I'm not talking about a position on who you are, but I'm talking about the positioning in Christ Jesus and where he is positioning us in this time and season. Because when the enemy begins to shake you, you begin to forget where God brought you and where God is taking you, and then you take your eyes off the mark. But Nehemiah began to let them know you have to stay focused. You got to keep your sword in one hand, come on, and your tool in the other other one because the devil is on a prowl. He is looking to see who he can devour. And if he can devour you, he will try to get you. But at the end of the day, that's why I'm here. Because I'm trying to make sure that you stay focused, but you got to understand that there's going to be different forms of opposition. 
Amen. Just like the opposition when we was reading in chapter 4. It began when they began to be ridiculed. Come on now. It began, remember they were receiving threats and violence because they began to threaten them and say, oh, y'all not about to build this wall. You're not about to stop what we got going on. Come on. But at the end of the day, anytime God sends help, you better know he's coming with some protection. Because remember Nehemiah, not only did he ask Hallelujah, to be able to go through the fall. But when we preach the word of God, that's why we have to stay in the word of God. We can't deviate away from God's word. We have to stay in the chapters in the Bible, not in just the books we write. It's good we write books. It's good that we get information and knowledge and understanding. But it is the Bible that changed the heart because the Bible is God. So at the end of the day, the solutions was that they come together again and they begin to focus back on the project. Don't look at the criticism. People are always trying to criticize you. Criticism really builds you. Let me tell you, when you are able to receive the criticism of others, it helps you. It builds you. It shows you your weaknesses. Now, you got some people that would try to just intimidate you. You got some people that will just try to do things just out of spite, and it's not right. But at the end of the day, sometimes criticism is a buffer. It buffens us. It allows us to reach higher potential. You shouldn't want to be the smartest person in your group. You should want somebody that's a little smarter than you. Why? Well, for me, let me help you answer that. Because I'm trying to reach higher depths and heights in God's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I know I'm pretty smart. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It's only by God's grace that I'm a little smart. Amen. But I want people that is a little smarter than me, a little wiser than me in my circle. Because if I'm just the only one in my circle just so smart, after I pour out into everyone else, what I'm going to gain? I need to be refreshing. I need to be poured into as well. So we need to get people around us that's a little bit smarter than us. We always want to be the smartest one in our circle. Why? Amen? We should always want to have somebody that, that we can look up to, somebody that we can learn from. Amen? But at the end of the day, Nehemiah understood that they had to get focused because they was going to be criticized. They was going to be just, you know, talked about, ridiculed. You know, they were coming at every angle. Because when they said, let us arise and build, don't you know? They put that in the atmosphere. The enemy heard that. The enemy don't want us, first of all, to let us. He don't never want it to be us. He wanted, he wants us to be against one another. He don't like unity. He like disunity. So when they said let us, that was right there already strike one. Because let us means it's a togetherness. It's a family unit. It's a unity. Build means not tear down, but we about to build this. And we're going to rise. Meaning that we're going to rise over everything that we have been through. We're going to rise over everything that we have overcome. We're not going to allow the enemy 
to disturb us, meaning that Satan ain't going to be able to get in our way. And then he says, we're going to strengthen our hands. Means that they're going to come together. So that right there, he's mad. Because he don't like that. So Nehemiah is saying, no, 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 no. We got to focus on the project. And we know these things are going to be okay. So he had to reassure the people and remind them, remember the promises. Remember the goodness of the Lord. Remember what God promised us. Remember God sent me to help build the wall. You think I just came? I used to take care of the king. I didn't have to come here. But it was only by the grace of God that sent me. See, the reason why you have been sent, those that are under the sound of my voice, is because God sent you. You didn't just win. See, that's not even a word, but most of us just win. But God sent you. So if God sent you, you can't allow the enemy to detour you, make you detour away from your assignment and your mandate that God sent you to. Because if God sent you to it, he's going to make sure that he's going to get you through it. If God give you the vision, he's going to give you the provision. If God and a decision, hallelujah, when it, comes, when it comes time for you to make that decision, when opposition comes, if he gave you the vision, not only is he going to give you the provision, but he's going to allow you to make the right decision so that you can be able to overcome the obstacle. But it's going to be on every side. Remember, Paul said it's on every side. It wasn't just on the right. It wasn't just on the left. It wasn't just in the front. It was on every side. Meaning when I look to my left, it's something. When I look to my right, it's something. Even sometimes when I go forward, it's something. But guess what? I can't afford to go backwards because I done came too far. So either I'm going to go forward or I'm going to keep on letting it be on my left and my right. I know it's on my left. Come on now. Come on. I know it's on my right. So I can't focus because the Bible already told me on every side. So I got to keep looking what? Forward. And know that even though it's on my left, even though it's on my right, if I keep on pressing towards what? The mark. Come on now. Of the high calling of my Lord Jesus Christ, I know that the promises of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord, what he has said, is going to come to me. Hallelujah. So that's why Nehemiah had to make specific plans to counteract the opposition by having half of the people ready. Remember, I said one had a sword in one hand. Come on now. The word of God. Ready to cut down every obstacle, every lie. Come on now. While the other was working. Come on now. Meaning that one was praying. And the other one was speaking the word. Come on now. Come on, the sword speaking the word of God. And then the tool in the other hand, prayer. I'm on my knees. I'm shatire. I'm brosakaya. Barasakaya. I'm, I'm, I'm going in. I'm, I'm, I'm on the thresh floor. I'm, I'm calling out unto my heavenly father. I'm bored, bored heaven. And, and, and I'm praying. But that's how he had them working. The sword in one hand. And then they had the tools, meaning, remember, they had the watchtowers. But the watchtowers, they were burnt down from the walls and the gates. But they still had people watching with the sword. Then they had the tools they was building. Because they had to build still. In the midst of the opposition, they had to build. They had to continue to build. 
So in some cases, some workers even had a sword in one hand and a, and a troll in the other. Another, they had the word sword and tool. Sword and still hammering. Still knocking. Still doing whatever they're doing, shoveling. How could you have a sword in one hand and got the tool in the other? They had to be strong. They had to be already workmen. We can't even have our Bible in one hand, come on now, and work in the other. We'd rather go to work instead of being the Word of God. And a lot of times we say, oh, well, we're just going to stay home and do this and do that. But when it's time to go to work, we go to work, right? But when we need something for God, we know how to cry out. These people knew how to work. They knew how to stay not only with a tool in the other hand, but they had their sword in the other hand. They knew what God promised them. They did not give up. They did not allow the work to overtake them. They stayed focusing on the promises and the goodness of God. So when it came time for that internal opposition within the family, within the rulers within the rich. Nehemiah knew that he had to address the problem quickly because it will what? Hinder the work. See, the enemy sends opposition to hinder the work. That's why we can't be shaken when the opposition comes. We have to address it. We have to confront it. We have to deal with it. We don't want to. You know, in this case, Nehemiah had to deal with this because there were still also some people sinning. You know, anytime you're walking in unforgiveness, you're walking in bitterness, you're walking in trickery, and all of this, come on now, they were underhanding one another. That's sin. You have to deal with that. You know, in the church today, we don't want to deal with the truth because we're afraid of, 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 of losing members. Because we know maybe they're heavy tithers. Or because they have supported us to a level. But don't you know all your help should come from God? Because that means that we begin to what? Favor people. And the Bible says no favoritism. We must learn to speak the truth. We cannot compromise the truth. We compromise too much because we want people to like us. We want more people to be in our churches. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. We want more people to roll with us. People don't want the truth. They want to feel good. They want what they can have just to make them feel good at that particular time. No, you have to give people the truth, but you do it in love. People don't want the truth no more. Because the little lie, the white lie, has turned into a big fat lie. And now they're believing the, the little white lie. They're, 
believing the lie. They don't know what truth even look like. Because we have compromised. So that's why leaders, we must stand for the truth, the word of God. We must confront things that comes. Don't allow it to override us. Don't say, well, I'll wait until next month after the bills are paid and they do what they put. No. First of all, I said if God gave you the vision, God would give you provision. He sent help. Yes, he does. He sent those that gives no matter what. So it would never lack what he already sent. But you have to give the truth. And that's what Nehemiah was doing. He said, wait a minute, we're going to confront these things because y'all sent it. And the thing is, if we're going to get the promises and the goodness from God, we got to make sure that we're not walking outside of these boundaries because that means that we are, come on now, out of the will of God. And anytime you're out of the will of God, you're out of the uh, out of the fence, out of the out of the, out of the surroundings to where the things that can come up against you come on because you're outside the will. And a lot of times we always say, "Well, why God? Why did this happen to me? Why is I going through this?" First of all, because you're outside the will. We ask God for this, we ask God for that, but we don't want to be obedient to the things of God that we promised him. But we say things to people. But what we don't understand is that you're not saying those things to people. You're saying those things to God, especially when you're talking to women and men of God. We make so many promises, but at the end of the day, we only make them out of what? Feelings. We make them out of what we really need. We, we make those decisions out of us sometimes going through or having a lack of something. But once we feel like we're gaining just a little bit of it, we go the opposite way. And that's deadly. That's dangerous. Because when we make a vow to God, we have to keep that vow to God. God knows our heart. See, we can tell people anything, but God really knows our heart. God sees all things. That's why you don't have to um, judge people or leaders come up against people you know, if they have not um, kept their word or, you know, it's whatever the case may be in that situation. Because, first of all, we're not a judge of people. God will deal with them. You just keep loving them. But at the end of the day, you still have to get them the truth. Now, either they take it or they don't. And if they don't take it, then guess what? Then it's on them. But you gave them the truth. So, at the end of the day, Nehemiah also made sure that he not only went through this, but he lived. He gave them an example of who he was. See, what am I saying? Nehemiah made sure that his life was an example that others can follow. He didn't just go around talking this. He lived this. He was a man that knew how to endure. He was a man of faith. He was a man of flexibility, of forgiveness. He had a lot of generosity. He was very gentle, very grateful, very hospitable. He was very, hallelujah, um, um, joyful. He had a virtue about himself. He understood what tolerance meant. He understood what sincerity meant. He understood what determination meant. He knew what, hallelujah, creativity was. He knew how to be content. He knew what contentment brought. He, he knew how to be bold. He knew he understood believing in the list. Hallelujah. 
He 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 was very discreet. Discreet. He used discretion. He was very meek. He was very loyal. He had wisdom. Come on now. He was obedient. He was he was all orderlessness. He was patient. He was persuasiveness. He 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 acted in punctuality. He was always on time. We never on time for God. But we're on time for our jobs. I'm not telling you not to work. But what I am saying is, why do we put God last? When he gave us the job. When he gave us the husband. When he gave us the wife. When he gave us the children. When he gave us the house. He gave us life. But we still put God last. We don't put God first. We say we first when we're going through and we need something. We at the church early in the morning. We we beating the pastor to the church. We beating them. We, we the last one to leave. We cleaning the church. We sweeping the church. We doing everything. But soon when God bless us, where are we? Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I got to work. Oh, I'll be there next week. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. And soon, when things begin to shake in your life, you'll be like, would you pray for me? The thing is, you wasn't even obedient to the little things. We move off the little things, and we have not even seen the big things that God got for us. We, we, we go with the little things that God begins to do for us. And God begins to let our hearts be revealed. Because he already know what we're going to do. But we can change. We can make a difference. And when we begin to put those words in the atmosphere and say, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to do this. Hey, remember, Satan is the prince of the air. So your words is going out in the atmosphere. He don't want you to be obedient. He don't want you to be faithful. He don't want you to obey God because he is an accuser of the brethren. He wants to go back to God and say, see, I told you once she started doing good, she was going to put you last. See, I told you, once she got that husband, she wasn't going to treat her right. I told you, once she got that child, she wasn't going to be grateful. Come on. Didn't I tell you? You know, that's what Satan is waiting to do. Y'all, we need to wake up to the truth. We can't allow him to make us that brother that he's accusing. We have to keep our words. It's better not to say anything. And just do it. Because he begins to fight up against you, especially if you're not strong in the word. If you're not a man or woman of prayer. And you don't know how to, come on, understand spiritual things. He's going to fight against you harder. Because he sees destiny on your life. He sees purpose on your life. He sees obedience in your life. He see the things and the qualities that God loved that brought you into the kingdom. And he said, uh-uh, I can't let them enter into the kingdom of God. But the devil is a liar. So Nehemiah lived a life 
that he wanted people to see, to understand that if I'm telling you this, that means that I have to also live this. Amen. You can't just tell people one thing and live another way. Because God reveals everything. See, you don't have to worry about if somebody's lying to you. If you're in the face of God, and when that time comes, if God needs you to see it, God's going to reveal it to you. But when he reveals it to you, don't judge the person. Pray for them. Pray for them. Because the enemy have now tried to oppose them. See, sometimes when God shows us stuff, we don't realize that he's showing us because he wants us to pray and intercede for them because guess what? We overcame that thing that they're dealing with. See, God have allowed us to overcome so many things and in order for sometimes somebody else to overcome some things, we have to be an example in their life. And then as we begin to pray, because remember the devil, the enemy had, could not keep us, had not, we can, we are not no longer bound by him doing that thing. So we got power to speak against that thing that that individual may be going through. So that's why God may have showed you. Not to get on the phone and say, hey, so-and-so is doing this, so-and-so is doing that. Let's pray for so-and-so. Hey, you don't rebuild it. Because now you don't put that back up in the atmosphere. If God does show you, maybe you just need to pray. And if God wants to show somebody else, he won't have y'all just come and talk. No, y'all will just be praying. He don't reveal it to both of y'all. Neither one of y'all have to say anything. So we sometimes make it harder. So at the end of the day, Nehemiah, he refused to take even a pay. He was um, elected governor. You know, when, when you go to a position, you get paid for that position. He turned it down. He wasn't, it wasn't even about the money. He knew that his God will provide. He said he'd rather have eternal things. I'm not telling us to turn down pay. That's not what I'm saying. Please let me make sure that. But what I am saying is we should not be focused so much on riches. On money. We so worried about money. When we need to just worry about favor. Because favor bring money. Having a favor with God. Seeking first the kingdom of God. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. We need to invest in the kingdom things. We invested in things. We are investing so much into material things. It's nothing wrong with going and buying something nice, y'all. That's not what I'm saying. But we need to first seek the kingdom of God. You get to a point where you ain't even looking to do anything for the church. I mean, you're not even going, in your mind, you didn't wake up to go shopping for the church. But because you seek the kingdom of God, guess what? When you go out, something just comes up and it's for the ministry. And you just do it. Why? Because you're seeking first the kingdom of God. And all the other things going to be added on to you. It's not like you plan to go do it. But when your heart is there with God, nobody don't have to force you to do anything for the kingdom of God. People should be running down the doors saying, can we do anything for the church? Can we come and wash the windows? 
Do you need us to vacuum the floor? Do you need us to come? You know, just somebody just say, hey, can I just come to the church once a week and just make sure that it's clean? Come on now. I remember when I began the ministry. That's what I did. It wasn't that I was trying to get close to the pastor. I wasn't that I was trying to get the pastor to like me more. It's just that I knew that I just wanted to be close to God. And I knew that if I went back out there, I may not make it back in here. So when they opened up a door and, 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 and say, hey, I can clean the church, it was like my old house chore. I looked forward to coming to the church. I didn't just come every week. I came maybe two, three times a week. And then I, I wasn't even just cleaning church. I was setting up things for Sunday school. Then the next thing I knew, I said, you know what? Let me see what I can do for a new member class. And I remember saying, if we could just get some Bibles. And you know, you got Christians that's new in the world. So I asked the pastor, okay, can we get Bibles? Who is, who is my spiritual father still today? That was 16 years ago. Hallelujah. Pastor Reverend Jim Vickers. But I'm saying, I said, can I, can I get some Bibles? Can we get some Bibles? I wasn't over no auxiliary. I was just a regular lay member. I didn't know what God was going to do for me and me. I said, can we get some Bibles? Because the Holy Spirit dropped it in my spirit. Because, you know, when you got people, because I know for me, I used to read the Bible, but I couldn't understand it. I didn't know where all the chapters was. I couldn't just zoom to the chapter to get to the chapter when the preacher said, turn to Acts 5. So I remember back then how I struggled. So I said, Pastor, could we get some Bibles and I would tab them. I would tab the Bible, meaning that I would get the tab and I would put it on each chapter, you know, the different color plastic tags. So when you open the book, you can go right to that chapter and you can see on the side. So when the, when the new members come, let's get them a new members packet. Now, all of this is by Holy Spirit. Now, new members packet, let's first tell them about the history of the church. Then let's tell them about the mechanics of the church. Then let's tell them about the books in the Bible. Then let's talk about the minor and the major prophets. Then let's talk about the book of history, the book of law, the book of prophets, the book of promise, the book. Come on. So these things we begin to put together a packet. And I never forget Reverend Coley was over the new the, the, the Sunday the, um, Sunday school teachers, and Pastor Vicker said, "Let's do it." But we didn't even have a new member class. And so he left it up to me. He said, well, what will we call it? And instantly, as I began to pray, the Lord said, first touch ministry. Why first touch ministry? So I was so excited. I went and I said, pastor, first touch ministry, what you think? And he just, ah. Because see, first touch represented the first touch a person will receive when they walk into the house of God, it would do one or two things. It would either keep them there or they would leave. So the first touch was very vital. So that means that we had to work on our usher committee. Because remember, the first touch 
will deal with the ushers first. Because the people has to what? Come through the doors. So the ushers had to have a spirit of love. They couldn't be nasty acting. They couldn't be all, go sit over there. And it's so funny because my son, at the age of seven, Howard, became an usher. He was the only young man. And I remember, he said, Mama, I don't want to wear a white shirt. <laughs> and I tell you, God did some great things there. And when we started the new member class, wow. And we went through the Bible, and guess what? The people began to tap the Bible themselves. So we made it to where they would come for a, uh, the, you know, it was a new member class before they went into the Sunday school class. So the new member class would teach them the basics. So we would begin to tap the Bibles at that time. They would do their own. Then we would go, go through the packet. And then we would do a, a spiritual gift packet to see where their gifts was. So they could see, you know, where their strengths was. And then from there, they would graduate into the, the, the Sunday school adult class. See, these things are not even in the in, in church anymore. People come right in. They become apostles. They become prophets. They become event. They don't go through any training. They don't go through any leadership training. You know, after we have arrived and God have called us up to walk in the giftings of the office of the fivefold, we don't go through training no more. There should always be leadership training no matter where we are. We should always continue leadership training in our churches. It should be a mandatory thing. We continue to train one another, even us. Continue to learn more and more. I'm in a book, y'all, because we're talking about all these things. Amen. He was not allowing his staff to abuse power. See, he did not allow the rulers. He did not allow Tobiah. He did not allow Sabalik. He did not allow Geshep. He did not allow the governors, those wicked governors, to abuse their power. He stood up to them. He confronted them. He said, wait a minute. We don't even confront one another leaders. We let each other do what we do. We allow members to come and turn us against one another. They sow discord. They do all these things. Instead of us praying and not allowing people to put mouths on God's anointing, we fall in the trap. We don't tell the truth because we want them to come join our church. We want our numbers to come up. God forbid. He did not allow them to sidetrack land deals. You know, a lot of the deals they were trying to, to, to do them on the side illegally. He did not allow them to abuse the privileges that came with their position. So at the end of the day, you got to understand that here... Nehemiah made sure that things was in place. Because he wanted to be like a fairy tale. Hallelujah. Everybody lived happily ever, right? But that wasn't going to happen. It's hard to live happily ever. Because there's going to always be some opposition. Because the work, hallelujah, had to continue. See, the work did progress on the wall, but the opposition from without returns with vengeance. See, there's going to always be vengeance that's going to come when you're trying to complete something. But you got to know that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So let's go ahead into chapter 6. Hallelujah. And we're going to be finishing up here shortly. We're talking about leaders refusing to be underhanded. And we're talking about leaders serve tasks of people. We'll get into that in chapter 7. Hallelujah. 
Now it came to pass when Sabalek and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, the rest of our enemies heard that we built in the wall, that there was no breach therein. There, at that time, I have not set up the doors upon the gates. The Sabalek and Geshem sent it to me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do mischief. Come on now. I told you Nehemiah was a man of discernment. He knew that there was going to be some trickery going on. See, they came together to try to scheme against Nehemiah. Come on now, turn into your Bibles. Nehemiah chapter 6. Trickery. The enemy always going to try to come with some trickery. Come on now. He's going to always try to come with something. Because at the end of the day, we need to understand that we cannot allow temptation to make us leave our post. Temptation will cause us to leave our post if we're not careful. Temptation of money. Temptation of power. Temptation of women. Temptation of men. Temptation of anointing. Come on, we want to be so powerful. We want to be so great in front of people. But at the same time, listen to this. They wanted to leave some of the people. But Nehemiah said no. He said, you know what? Just doing little things. Because I can't allow you to leave. Because we got to finish this wall. See, the enemy trying to come in here and bring confusion. You can't leave. Okay, you was doing about six things, you know, just do two. Because I can't afford you to leave because I don't want you to miss your promise. See, leaders, we need to speak the truth so that people will not miss their promise. They won't miss their deliverance. They are uprooted out of a place where God has brought them because the enemy don't want them to receive deliverance. So they get offended with the pastor. They get offended with their brother and their sister sitting next to them. And they are uprooted, not even knowing that that's the place of their deliverance. That is the place of their promise. That is the place of the favor that God has for their life. That is the place of their purpose. But the enemy is uprooting us out of our place. And we're going from church to church, outside, inside, out. Now most of us are in how at home. Now we are really oppressed. Because the enemy got you at home saying, well, I can just watch it on Facebook. I can just watch it on Instagram. I can just zoom it. The devil is a liar. Come on, y'all. And I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after the sword. And I answered them after the same manner. Come on, four times. Four times. This right here lets us know that there was a letter that was delivered to Nehemiah. They wanted to prevent Nehemiah from finishing the work. So this was like an open military engagement. They tried to overcome him by deception. They tried to overcome him by mischief. Amen? See, the plan of Ono was located south of Joppa, on the western extremity of Judah along the sea coast. Ono was very near Philistine. They felt they could not get to Nehemiah while he was in Jerusalem because there were so many people around him. So they had to get him, come on, out of position. They tried to get him outside of, come on, the walls of protection. 
The enemy wants to get you out of that hedge of protection. They wanted to get Nehemiah out of that hedge of protection. God sent him to Jerusalem. God did not tell him to go outside the, the, the project. See, he was protected because he stayed inside. He was protected because he obeyed where God told him to do, um, told him to um, go. That's why nothing happened to him. Amen. But they said, see, they knew that they could not touch him while he was in the inside. That's why we have to stay within our boundary. When we go outside of our boundary, that's when the enemy can attack us. And most of us is going outside of our boundary because we say that God said. We say that we, 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 we can do this when God ain't said anything. Come on. We have to be very careful. Because the enemy is trying to get us out of our comfort zone. Not only our comfort zone, he's trying to get us out of our where God have, have us. So Nehemiah knew this is a trick. Because God did not tell me to meet with them. And a lot of times we say, well, we got to show love to our enemies. Yes, we show love to our enemies, but we cannot stop the work. We stop the work too much. Because we say, well, we got to love our enemies. No, that is a trap from the, from the devil. Yes, we love our enemies, but God will not allow us to be tricked. We can love our enemies from afar. But if God has us on a certain assignment, we have to stay within the boundaries of where he sent us. If he did not tell us to go and meet with our enemies, we must not go. That don't mean we don't love them. We're just obeying the will of God. And that's what Nehemiah did. Amen. Because they knew that if they could get him outside of Jerusalem, they got him. But they knew that he was first of all a man of prayer. He had some intercessors around him. He had some warriors around him. He had those that had the sword on one hand, the tool in the other hand. So he, they knew that he had people around them, around him. But at the end of the day, they did not want to talk to him. They wanted to kill him. The devil wants to kill you. He wants to kill your dreams. He wants to kill your hope. He wants to kill your joy. He wants to kill your peace. He wants to kill your healing. He want to take your seed, your children, their purpose, their destiny. He don't want them to multiply. But the devil is a liar. They wanted to kill him. And the only way they was able to accomplish this is for them to get him by himself. To get him outside of the wheel. But guess what? Nehemiah didn't fall for the okie doke. Hallelujah. And he sent his messengers back to them to tell them, look, I'm not coming. I got work I got to do. I know symbolic. Come on now. You are enemy in secret. Remember, symbolic name means an enemy in secret. So I know that even though you come and talk about y'all want to talk to me and Tobiah, come on now. Your name means God is good. And then Gisha means a shower of blessings. See, you got the top and the bottom, but in the middle, you got an enemy in secret. So that lets me know that you're trying to kill me. Y'all want to kill me or imprison me so that y'all can probably raise a ransom. Try to get some money out of me. Because you know that they're going to come because you were sick and you got a high price on your head. So therefore, the people are going to come for you. 
and we can make some money out for you. Come on, Nehemiah was not stupid. Nehemiah knew what they were doing. So he sent the word, said to them, absolutely no way will he break away from doing what God called him to do. Y'all, we need to tell people sometimes, no way am I going to stop working and seeking first the kingdom of God. We let people that are offended uh, make us become offended because they're offended because they see that we're seeking first the kingdom of God. And now because they're offended, they have put that spirit on you. Now you offended and you have left God and not seeking first the kingdom of God. So now you mad at your sister that you don't even know. You mad at the pastor that prayed for you, that loved on you because guess what? Symbolic was in secret. The enemy was right next to you, whispering to you, and you fell for it. You need to send your messengers and tell the enemy, you ain't coming. I am on assignment. I have an assignment. I have a mandate that God has given unto me, and I'm not coming down off this wall until I finish this assignment. Now, either you can join me and help me, but if not, guess what? I'm going to continue to do what God called me to do. Amen. Because I'm not breaking away. First of all, y'all not even honorable men. Y'all are not even men of integrity. Y'all not even a man of character. Y'all don't even have no, 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 no love in y'all. Come on now. You think I'm about to come and meet with y'all and I know you won't even show love? Are you? Who do you think I am? You can send them, I don't care how many times. He, they sent them four times to tell, try to get Nehemiah. But at the end of the day, Nehemiah was very persistent. And he told them the same thing. And he said, you know what? I'm going to finish my work. And I ain't going to divert from it. He knew that they wanted to get rid of him bad. Come on now. They wanted him out of sight. Come on now. Come on now. Symbolic. Names mean enemy and secret. He sent an open letter against Nehemiah. That would means that it was public. It was a public letter. Come on now. He accused Nehemiah of claiming kingship and hiring prophets to support it. Come on now. When you go to verse 7, we don't win ahead of ourselves, but I'm just saying Symbolic. Symbolic. Come on now. He said, okay. He don't want to come. Okay. He ain't about to come. Okay. Let me, let me, let, let me open, rebuke him. You know, that's what people do. Sowing discord. They sow discord against you. Open rebuke. So that people can try to judge you. They can try to tear down your character. Come on. That, that is the spirit of assassination. Character assassination. They want to assassinate your character. Because they want people to think one way about you. Because they offended. Nehemiah wasn't going for this. Five says, and symbolic is serving to me like the manner of the fifth time. Come on now, we know number five means grace. But they ain't about to get no grace. Come on now. See, this open letter was a really nice letter that was sealed up. Come on now. Had an official seal on it. A stamp on it. It was from the official. Now, I'm not saying that the letter was a nice letter. I'm saying that it was nicely wrapped to present for delivery. But it was a, it was sealed. 
it was it was it was sealed to a point where it was a little open, which this was a sign of disrespect, because he openly tried to criticize Nehemiah. But at the same time, he could not defame Nehemiah. See, Nehemiah enemies tried to label him and call him the new king of Jerusalem. But Nehemiah was not no king. He was just sent by God. See, people would try to make you something that you're not. See, they tried to put it into people's head like, oh, this man is coming to claim that he's king. He's king over y'all. He ain't even part of y'all. How he gonna be king? Who, who, how could he just consider him a, come on, trying to cause confusion with a lie. Wherein was written, it was reported among the heathen and engagement who said, Thou the Jews think to rebel for which thou build the walls that they may know their king according to their words. And they has also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem saying, There is a king in Judah. And now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now therefore and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto him saying, There are no such things done as thou saying, but thou findest them out of their heart. So at the end of the day, these are lies that was being sent. Come on now. They're going to say that there was a prophet appointed to preach. If there were such prophets, come on, Symbolic actually hired them. There was no prophets. Come on. These just something that Symbolic and Tobiah and Geisha put together. And then, then they, they gave them some lies, some false rumors, some false, um, come on, information. And, and, and by this, they, they, this what brought the prophets out of their place to proclaim these lies. So come on, this was planted. This was a lie that was planted by somebody. Come on now. That's why Nehemiah said, wait a minute, there's no such things done here. There's no scheme for them to rebel and to make me no king. Come on now. First of all, who do you think that I am? First of all, I do not even, I deny all these accusations. Come on now. I, he let him know, like, I deny these. Come on now. See, Nehemiah was not pretending to, 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 to want power. Power was not in his mind. It was symbolic Tobiah and Geshem who wanted the power. Nehemiah just came to do a work. Amen? All of this was coming because they had a heart and a desire and a hunger to have power over Jerusalem. Nehemiah didn't want power. So, verse 9, For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that is not done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen thou hand. Verse 10, Afterwards, I came into the house of Shemai, the son of Deliah, the son of Machabee, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God, where in the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night, they will come to slay thee. Come on now. And then it says, And I said, Should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am will go into the temple to save his life? I would not go in. And lo, I perceive that God have not sent him but that he pronounced his prophecy against me. For Tobiah and Tambalik had hired him. Come on now. Come on now. Another setup. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid. 
and do so, and seeing that they may have the matter for an evil report that they may reproach me? My God think that upon Tobiah and Sabalik according to their words and on the prophetess Nadiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put fear in me. So the walls was finished in 20 and hold on. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month, Elu, in the 52 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, but they perceived that the work was wrought of our God. Now come on, y'all. Right here, it says on verse 10, Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, and the son of Machabel, who was shut up. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God, where in the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple. For they come slay thee, yea, in the night they will come to slay thee. First of all, this right here was still trying to stop the work of Nehemiah. But Nehemiah was not going for this. Come on now. See, this Shemaiah was not concerned about the life of Nehemiah at all. He was paid by Sabalit to prophesy a lie. So that's why we have to be very careful on who we allow to speak in our life because they were paid by the enemy to come and try to intimidate Nehemiah because they were prophets. But they was prophet lying. They was not telling the truth. Come on now. The devil was in operation. They was trying to destroy Nehemiah. They was trying to destroy who God sent to do the work. They did not want the work to finish. Hallelujah. So they was they sent them to intimidate Nehemiah. Guess what? They used the church. They used the church. They said, let us take you into this temple. Now, you would think that Nehemiah would go because it's the house of God. But that's what, come on, the enemy is doing today. He is causing so much offense. That he's uprooting so many people, taking them out of their place of deliverance and, and sending them to another church of, dem, of demonic activity. And they're in so much bondage and so much um, oppression, they don't even know. They think they're doing church. But they are under a spell. They are under juju. They are under an evil demonic spirit. They have suppressed them. Hallelujah. That's what they used the church. The temple, let's go here. Because they got God's name on it. You know, we always use God's name in vain. But Nehemiah knew. Because God did not tell him that there would be a place for him to go hide out. God ain't told him that he was going to hide out. God told him, you're going to finish the work and you're going to strengthen the people so that they won't go hide out. So that they won't stop the work. So why would he go hide out when he got to lead people not to hide? Come on, what? See, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that God gives us a spirit of wisdom. That God gives us a spirit of understanding and knowledge so that we will understand not just the natural things but spiritual things to know the truth. Nehemiah knew the truth. These prophets were trying to lower him in to kill him. To make him lose his testimony. To make him lose his witness. Hallelujah. Because they wanted him, hallelujah, to lose his witness. But at the same time, 
They was prophesying against him. Amen. They weren't for him. They was against him. So that's why he said, no, 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 no. I'm not going in. Because God sent me to build the wall. And because God sent me to build the wall, God going to protect me. Amen. And God don't need to hide me. God don't need to hide me. Because God has already built the hedge protection around me. Amen. Because I'm inside that hedge protection because I'm inside the wall. I'm building what he sent me to build. If I go outside that wall, then there's a problem. If I go outside it, then there is a problem. But long as I'm within, I am protected. Because I've received no such information from God. God did not tell me that. I got such a close relationship with God. Come on now. God dropped things in my spirit in the midnight hour. Come on now. God dropped things in my spirit when I'm riding to the store. God dropped things in my spirit, hallelujah, when I just wake up in the morning. God dropped things in my spirit when I just go outside and just look up in the trees. The elements of the trees begin to speak to me. God begins to drop things in my spirit when I'm just riding in my car. God begins to drop things in my spirit when I begin to just put on my shoes. Come on now. God just God needs to drop things in your spirit when you're just doing the normal things. Then you don't have to worry about nobody coming telling you something that you don't already know. God will reveal it to you so when they come, it will just be a confirmation of what he revealed. But at the end of the day, you will be able to test the spirit by the spirit and discern spirit of truth. And not the lie. Not the lie. Come on now. They hired him. They wanted to intimidate him. They wanted him to lose his character and his influence over the people. The man was a false prophet. Apostle Joe, he was a false prophet. God opened up Nehemiah's eyes to see that this was a man of divination. This was a man that was speaking a lie. He didn't believe him. He knew he was not sent by God, Pastor. But at the same time, the man was trying to intimidate Nehemiah. Come on now. Nehemiah said, no, my God will protect me. No matter what evil report they put against me, no matter how they try to bring a reproach against me, I know that I have not rebelled against my God. I know that I'm not a traitor of my God. I know that I'm not against the king while he sent me and against the wishes of God because I'm going to do what God sent me to do. But at the end of the day, I believe in the Lord and I have nothing to fear but God. And I'm not going to allow this false prophet to bring fear or intimidate me. Because the Bible reminds me in Psalms 118 and 6, the Lord is on my side. I said the Lord is on my side and I would not fear what can man do unto me. Prophet, what can you do unto me? You can't do nothing unto me because God sent me. Hallelujah. So I'm not going to walk in fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, Nehemiah had set an example for all that was working on the wall. See, he couldn't just make a decision because of how he felt. He couldn't just make a decision off his own emotions or his own feelings. He knew that they were watching him. Who's watching you? Somebody is watching you. You got to be careful on how you move. You got to be careful on what you say. You got to be careful on how you do things. Because somebody, I say Apostle Joe, somebody is watching you. 
So we got to be careful on how we handle things. We got to be careful how we handle people. We got to be careful how we move and what we say. Because somebody is watching. They was watching Nehemiah. Amen. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. Another prophet came. But at the end of the day, hallelujah, sent the woman, prophetess. The prophet couldn't get through, so prophetess uh, Nodiah came. Amen. But at the same time, it was still a scheme. No matter how many prophets come, I'm not coming down off my wall. I'm going to finish the project because God is going to be glorified. The people are going to be unified. And guess what? I'm going to be justified. You know why? Because the wall is finished. Amen? So at the end of the day, we have to understand that God will allow us to finish what we have completed. That's why it only took 52 days to complete it. 52 days to complete the wall. But at the same time, guess what? The enemies was not happy. They was disheartened. Because guess what? The wall was finished. The wall was finished. Why? Because Nehemiah did not come down. He discerned and he saw through the eyes that God gave him the enemy coming from every way. He saw trouble coming from every side. What happened was it made him work harder. It made him not to slow down. It made him to do everything in his power to continue to work because he knew that the enemies was already on both sides. But at the end of the day, he knew that at the end of the day, if he continued to focus on what God sent him to do, that he would finish what God gave him to do. So at the same time, we say, moreover, in these days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters into Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. And then listen to this. It, when the wall was built, it was just lies. But at the same time, we know that Nehemiah finished what God sent him to do. And they reported his good deeds before me and uttered unto the words to him, saying, Tobias sent letters to put fear in me. See, they sent the letters to put fear in Nehemiah. But at the same time, Nehemiah did not allow the fear to overtake him. I pray on today that you don't allow the fear to overtake you. You don't allow the fear to overtake you and stop you from doing the work that God has called you to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you're given this word. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, even as the adversary come in our life, let us not come down off the wall. Let us not stop the work that you have given us to do. Give us the spirit of discernment. Let the spirit of discernment be more and more tuned in into our lives at the end of the day. Don't allow the trick of the enemy to overtake us. Let us not lose focus on what you have us to do in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We love you. We thank you for this word, for showing us and opening up our eyes so that we will not allow the trick of the enemy to stop the work that you have called us to do. We come against every spirit of fear that would try to come in our life and move us out of our position that you have positioned us in to finish the work and build what you have called us to build. We would not allow fear to cause us to miss you. We will love you and continue to do the work according to your will. Strengthen our hands. 
God, show us how to war with our hands. Show us how to get into a place, oh God, to be more tuned in with you. God, we thank you for allowing us to complete this, this wall and the 52 days that you have given unto us. And even as we continue to finish building, as we go through the book of Nehemiah, we ask you, oh God, to let us become better leaders with character first. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank you. Amen. So let's go ahead and just thank the Lord. Amen. We thank you all for joining us. We will be back. That's right. We'll be back um, at 6 o'clock tonight for our second service. We're located at 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, um, Fairfield, Ohio, 45014. So make sure you come out this evening and join us. This is a time of prayer, deliverance. Hallelujah. We, we, we do prayer. We do deliverance. So if you need prayer, you need deliverance. Hallelujah. Come on out. So it's deliverance. I mean, a lot of us don't want to be delivered. But in order for us to walk in our purpose and destiny, or in order for doors to open up for us, we need to come to reality and allow God to deliver us. Amen. So this is a time that we really take it serious. Amen. And pray with you. And also bring you into a place of deliverance. God bless you, man of God, Apostle Joel Ezemore. Hallelujah. So we give you the glory, O oh God. And I am Lady Apostle Robin. We thank you for joining us on Liberty Grace Prayer Ministry and Sword International Outreach Network. Until next time, may God bless you. May God keep you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and glory to God. And again, if there's anyone that's in need of food, we are a food pantry. Food is free. We have perishable and non-perishable food items, so you're welcome to come. 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, Fairfield, Ohio, 45014. Um, we will be serving food, hallelujah, after the service at 6 o'clock, but it's also by appointment only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can call 302-990-8457. Um, Again, that's 302 9908457 to set up an appointment for Tuesday or Thursday to come pick up food. And again, it is free. Hallelujah. For those that are in Hamilton County, Butler County, wherever you are, if you need food, you can come. Hallelujah. We thank God for Unlimited Grace Outreach Pantry in collaboration with HOERC. So we thank God for your life and we thank God for you joining us. Now, if there's someone there that may not know Christ, um, you can actually receive him right now by just accepting him into your heart by saying that you accept your Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you know that he died for you, and you ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, knowingly and unknowingly, in the mighty name of Jesus, and accept him as your Lord and Savior, and know that God can accept you wherever you are, and even asking him to give you the precious spirit of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, so that you can be able to trample over every scorpion, hallelujah, and every demonic force that will try to come up against you because the Spirit of God will fight for you and that God will also give you spiritual understanding, knowledge, and wisdom and sit you in a place where you get biblical understanding through the Word of God and that God also sends someone in your life to be able to cover you, to love on you, and to show you the way through the Word of God. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that He is your Lord and Savior, and today you are saved. 
May God bless you. May God keep you in Jesus' name. Until next time, God bless you. Bye-bye.